Welcome to the Deep Fried Bets Podcast. Featuring Blake, Boomer, and CG Nasty. Let's make gambling great again. All right, folks, we're back. Chapter 2.11. College football, NFL coming up. Deep Fried Bets podcast. Welcome back. Boomer's with me this week. Collier, uh, apparently he's the only accountant in the world who stays busy outside of tax season because he's got more stuff going on today. I think he's just ducking out after some of these recent weeks. But um, that, He's got to make some money on the corner now to fill his bank account for this weekend. That's right. I mean, he keeps giving you losers over here. So, I mean, Boomer's not much better. Five and ten last weekend. Yeah, yeah. Five and ten, not very good. Yeah. Collier did actually best that, six and nine, but... His overall record is 49-57-3. Boomer, 63-76-2. I went 7-7 seven seven on the weekend with a push. Uh, bring my overall total, overall total to 82-68-3. So that's uh, kind of where we're standing. Great show for you tonight. Um, typical radio talk for you there, but we do. We have a good show for you tonight. Uh, we got uh, Yanni the Greek coming on with us a little bit later. Um Gambler, professional gambler, been in the business for over 35 years, and you can tell when this interview, really good stuff. I did it a little bit ago. Um, I mean, you can tell it comes out. He's got some some good winners for you this weekend too, so that's definitely something you're going to want to check out. We'll, we'll yeah, I need some back rooms, the smoky back black back rooms. That's yeah, sure. um, he knows he's lived to tell about it, and he's bringing all that to the Deep Fried Bets podcast. So stay tuned. We'll have that here shortly. But. Um, Again, just Boomer this week, no Collier. If you if you see Collier, you know, give him some flack. We don't really know what's going on there. And if you do, I happen to work with Collier, like uh, one of our good listeners does. Uh, maybe maybe check him on some of that work. See if he is actually uh, putting in the work he claims he is. But yeah, see see uh, see how much those uh, OTP HJs are going for now in the corner. Yeah, and the Z jobs. Yeah. All right. So that's a that's a typical Boomer humor you can look forward to. Um, we got college football down week. It's a cupcake week in the SEC. But that means it's a money week for me. That does. Money, 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 money. Uh, good NFL slate of games. So we'll get to all that. Obviously, our vault. Stone Cold Steve Austin, like of the week, as always. But why don't we go ahead and start it off? Uh, Yanni the Greek. Good stuff. Great interview. You want to listen to this. Uh, get your notepad out. He's got a lot of good nuggets for you, and we'll go ahead and get to that now. All right, everyone. We'd like to welcome John, uh, Yanni the Greek. I'm sorry for um, to Deep Fried Bets podcast this week. You can find Yanni on Twitter at Greek underscore Gambler. Um, again, that's Yanni the Greek, Ace VR. Uh, Yanni, how's it going this weekend? Never better. You know, it's a busy time. I always say that in Vegas. It's funny because year-round there's always things going on. Uh, but when you have the NFL, which is by far the busiest time here for the sports book as far as volume, handle, and excitement, um, then you have college football winding down with the bowl games right around the corner, followed by the start of the NBA, start of college basketball, and you sprinkle in some UFC here and there and, you know, any other thing event going on and uh definitely a busy time for the sports books for sure between now and super bowl is always the the best time for them yeah i'd say now is probably the the most action the uh definitely the most exciting time in the sports world so what's your favorite sport to gamble on like what's your what's your go-to you know, uh, for me, I find football most enjoyable because people are into it. When you've been doing this as long as I have, I've been betting, you know, from a very young age, day in, day out, every single day, seven days a week. I've done nothing but be in the sports betting industry in one capacity or another, from uh, sports betting to bookmaking to, you know, providing accounts for various betting syndicates. So that's all I've done. Um, and you kind of won a bet every possible way, lost a bet every possible way, and it's really hard to get emotional. And when you get to the point where you finally cross that hurdle and realize I'm doing this for profit, not doing this for entertainment, and all my actions better reflect that, because nine out of ten even casual bettors, they know when they make mistakes. The key is 
most continue to repeat those, and you know the same outcome always happens. It's just a matter of time before that outcome. You know, what when they bet more than they should, or, or bet games that they shouldn't bet. Um, so when you get to that point where you know those habits even though you have to fight them constantly, uh, but less and less they appear, then it's, it's hard to get excited anymore. You know, it's, it's kind of like, could I just fast forward, find out the final scores and, and see how I did? And more importantly, when you can't sweat game by game, day by day, even week by week or month by month, you, you learn that, you know, every six months do the book, see did I turn a profit on the capital I invested or not, kind of like a business. Uh, so it's hard to get excited, but every once in a while you do for a major event, kind of like UFC that just passed, the Conor McGregor fight. Um, football season's the only time of the year where I think because of the following on, on Twitter, uh, the, the media that I do, and that gets me excited. You know, if people actually help lift me up and, and make me get into it more than I would have when you do it robotically, you know, and, and it's kind of like work for me, and others have a job or they, you know, they spend time with their family, and then they'll bet a game watching on TV. That's their entertainment. God bless them. More power to them. Some people like to go to movies. Some people like to drink. Some go clubbing. Others want to bet. Um, and at least with betting, you have a chance to turn a prop and make money. So I'm, I'm okay with that. But when you do it seriously and professionally and to turn a profit, the excitement kind of goes away. Um, and the the sports that I love that gets me going is football. Even though, believe it or not, if I could have a sport year round, um, it would be baseball because I think that becomes the most beatable sport um, for myself and, and most you know betters that that do it for a living. I think most would say baseball offers them the most opportunity to turn a profit. Okay, no. Yeah, you don't have to preach football down to us. We're we're down in Alabama, so we got. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know football better than most. Yeah. So, uh, how you been doing on the football season this year? I've had a good season. I mean, last year I had such a really good um, NFL and college football season that no matter how well I do this year, it's going to fall short. You know, it was one of those once every decade type of years mm-hmm. where you can't do anything wrong, and you have those years when. The, the breaks go your way. You know, we all remember our bad beats, and I always tell people, don't let that bother you. Don't let it affect your mindset. Long-term, those always even out. You're going to win as many games feeling lucky that you should have lost as you're going to lose that you should have won. Um, but you have those big seasons when those bad beats don't happen to you, and you're always on the right side of that missed extra point or that, you know, touchdown with three seconds left for no reason at all because the team's up 17, and you have them minus, you know, 20, and they cover. And that's what was happening to me last year, you know, and I always say those, like I said, are going to even out long term. It's what you do with the other bets that's going to, you know, determine whether you're a profitable sports better. But last year was the kind of season where you know the 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 games that I even should have lost, I was winning, and you just get in that zone. Um, I'm ahead in NFL and college this year, which is always you know a good thing if you could be up. Um, but like I said, when you compare it to coming off like your best season, then it's like. I, I wish I could be doing better, but fortunately I'm up on the books in both, um, which in my business where you have to lay 11 to win 10, it's the most you could ever ask for. Absolutely. So um, anything this weekend that's, uh, that's caught your eye as far as like maybe a line move or something that, that you've seen out there that you think maybe uh, should be going the other way? Well, in college football, here's what I, I – I, the couple games that, that – jumped out at me that I bet immediately. Um, number one, I, I bet Maryland over Nebraska, and I think that line's going to continue to go down um, because I think more and more sharp bettors are going to bet the Maryland side, taking them at plus two touchdowns. They were even as high as 14 and a half uh, when I first got down. And the reason is simple. If you talk to most professional bettors and you talk to most odds makers, they're going to tell you when Nebraska was a top 10 team, most didn't even have Nebraska in their top 30 as far as power rating goes, you know, because when it comes to power ratings, that's what Vegas odds makers look like. They don't care what record a team has. They look at their power ratings. And a perfect example of that is LSU. Most 
professional bettors, and most odds makers will tell you, LSU is in their top five as far as power ratings. There's only four, maybe five teams matched that they would make a favorite over LSU on a neutral field. But because they're six and three team, obviously the, the, the rankings aren't going to have them even in the top 10, if, if even the top 15. Um, and getting back to Nebraska, they've been one of those teams where the have had them high and the sharp betters have not. Um, and I think even though they're up against the spread, they're, they're five and three ATS this year. I think, you saw in the last two weeks going against them was profitable. Right. And I think the two weeks ahead, the Maryland and Iowa are also going to be profitable. I always say that the definition of an efficient market is one that corrects itself. And for Nebraska, we're seeing that correction. They've covered one game since November 15th. And even though the perception is still, you know, they're a very good football team because they're eight and two. So that one caught my eye. Um, and then of course the Ohio state, Michigan state, right. um, are the sports books adding a premium because all the talk is, you know, those four teams, other than Alabama, you have, you know, Michigan, Clemson, um, Ohio State, and, of course, you know, Washington on the outside, Louisville on the outside, um, what have you. And the, the talk is, you know, Ohio State has to win, and, and not only win, but win with style points. And that's what separates NFL from college. NFL wins a win, whether it's by a blocked extra point like we saw with the Saints last week when they lost, or whether it's 62-3 to like Ohio State did to Maryland and, and you know, the week prior to Nebraska. Um, style points matter in college. And I think this line is just way too high um, because Michigan State, even though they're not who we thought they were, let's, let's you know, and that sounds funny like uh, the, the, the coach said, but, but the truth is when you look at Michigan State, not long ago, you know, and I, don't, I consider two months not long ago, they were a three, three-and-a-half point favorite against Wisconsin. I mean, this is a team that was actually favored to beat a top-ten team um, just two months ago. But because they haven't lived up to expectations, because they haven't played um, like the team that's on paper, um, you know, no one respects them anymore. But here's a team that's not playing for a bowl game. They know that. At three and seven or whatever they are, you're not going to you're not bowl eligible. So this is their Super Bowl. There's no bigger game than this. And if we saw one thing with Michigan State, their last big game was against Michigan. They showed up for that game. They were getting 24-plus points. They covered that number because they showed up. So they do have the talent. I don't think – I think maybe they were a little overvalued. They shouldn't have been a three-point favor to Wisconsin early in the season. But I don't think there should be a three-plus touchdown dog either. And to me, I think that's going to be a situation where you get the sharp betters on one side and the public on the other, meaning the, 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 the casual better is going to say Ohio State blown back-to-back teams out. They, that's what they have to do to stay in that top four. So Michigan State's next. Uh, but let's not forget, that Ohio State has Michigan on deck. And for Michigan State, this is their Super Bowl. And you couple that with a total of 55, which has been bet down to 53. So why guys bet that total under? They don't expect to, you know, to, to, for the game to eclipse 53, 54 points. When you could give me an underdog getting more than three touchdowns in a game that respecting betting syndicates don't expect to crack 54 points, to me, I think that's a ton of value, um, and I won't be surprised to see the betting syndicates get in line and take Michigan State. And finally, the three teams that are dream crushers, what we call them out here in Vegas, I look for it in college football, I look for it in college basketball. It's when a team loses that one game that more or less either ruins their season or ruins a season goal, meaning we were this close to going undefeated, or a team from a smaller conference that knows they have to run the table um, um, for them to, to get into that top four. They right. can't lose a single game. When they lose that game, you want to bet against them the following week because their dreams have been crushed. Now, because the, the landscape for college football has changed and teams – 
even though that they, they lose, they're still eligible um, because now four teams make it to the playoffs. Um, you have to be more careful with taking that approach. And three teams fall into that that lost last week. Michigan lost, Clemson lost, and Washington lost. Now, when you look at the Michigan and Clemson, they're still in the top four. Michigan's number three, Clemson's number four. So for them, their dream's not crushed. Going forward, what are they going to do? But for Washington, now they're on the outside looking in. They're a number six team. They are two spots out of the playoff picture. And for them, that loss last week was a dream crusher type situation. And now you're playing a, a rival, Arizona State, you know, who's five and five. No one cares about Arizona State. They've lost four straight games. But this is their Super Bowl. Right. Granted, they should be bowl eligible. They see what happens over the next two games. But for them, this is their Super Bowl. They gave Washington problems last year and beat them. They beat Washington in 2004. I think they may give Washington some problems. And 27 points to me looks a little bit too high. And to find out that the public is back in Washington, laying four touchdowns, that surprised me. Yeah. I thought people would take a step back, um, but it looks like they're full steam ahead on Washington, and I'd be a little cautious. I think the sharp betters are sitting back, hoping this line gets over 28, and then I expect to see some movers hit the window and buy up the, the Arizona State side. Those are the games in college football that really jumped off the page. Yeah, okay. So I was going to kind of ask you later on about the style points, but – do you think that factors in? Like Louisville Thursday night, when I originally saw that 14, I was really excited to hop on Houston. But then I, you know, I kind of started thinking subconsciously, well, Louisville is kind of looking outside. Are they going to try to put style points on? Is that something you have to look for? You have to. Um, and here's the reason. Talking to odds makers out here, that has been their most difficult assignment in putting lines out for college football. For them, it comes down to it was always – Two factors, besides injuries, suspensions, and weather, things that obviously are going to affect the betting line. There's, there's two things that they factor into the line. Their power rating, what it shows, what, how many points is team A better than team B. And then for football, because the, the betting market is saturated with casual bettors, meaning 90% of the money bet on football comes from recreational fans. And only maybe 10% comes from guys that have an edge and make their living betting sports. So the sports books, knowing this, they have to factor that into their line. So other than just their power ratings, they have to factor in that public perception. What does the betting market think of this team? Like I said, with Nebraska, where they think they're better than their power ratings reflect. So they had to add that factor that into the betting line. Um, now, the one thing they had now, part three is, the motivation for style points, you know, for them to quantify that has been a headache because how do you quantify that? How many points is wanting to blow a team out actually worth? You know, we don't have a big sample size of, of that to say, you know, teams in this situation over the last thousand games, it's worth three extra points to the betting line or four extra points to the betting line. You, it's very hard to quantify. And books have had a tough time with that. And I always say, any time um, you could get your piece, your hands on a piece of information that's not factored into the betting line, that's value. Once information's factored into the line, it's only for sports talk radio. I mean, knowing a, a, a player's going to be injured only matters if you know it before Vegas adjusts their number or you take advantage after the betting market overreacts. Knowing it's going to rain only helps if you know that before they adjust their over-under or after if the betting market overreacts. You take advantage of that. But this, knowing that motivation, like if you if you really know the inside of a team and you're in that locker room or you're you're there and you're hearing all week a, a, a team saying we got to beat this team by 50 plus, we ain't taking our foot off the gas. If we're up four touchdowns, we're going to try to win by eight. Knowing that, I think would be so powerful. The key is I haven't heard too many guys out here and and some guys that I have great access to information been able to really get that info and use it to their advantage. So I think you definitely have to factor it into the equation. The, the, the problem is how much 
do you factor it in? You know, how do you quantify needing to blow a team out and wanting to be a be to blow a team out, and more importantly, being able to blow a team out? You know, that's what makes it so difficult. But you definitely have to factor that in. Do you think that's in play tomorrow night with that Houston Louisville game? I think so because of where they're sit at number four. Um, you know, even though Houston um, right now isn't a, a top ten, top twenty, top twenty-five team by by any stretch, it's a team that has a decent record. I mean, they're an eight and two football team. Um, they're playing at home under the lights, and more importantly, it's a prime time Thursday night football game. Uh, and Louisville knows that all eyes are going to be on that game. I mean. There's a, a New Orleans and Carolina in the NFL or Louisville-Houston. No one's really going to be caring too much except the betters about Arkansas State-Troy. So it's going to be Louisville and Houston that's going to be getting all the eyeballs tomorrow. So I think you do have to factor that in. Um, the only problem is that you have a Houston team that hasn't covered five straight games. Um, even though they've won three of those five, they haven't covered. Right. But what separates this one is they were favorites in all those games. I mean, going back to the Texas State game for Houston, you know, they've been double-digit favorites in every game except against Central Florida where they were a nine-point favorite. But now, all of a sudden, you got a team that's been in the favorite pretty much all season catching two touchdowns. Um, that looks like a lot. It looks to me, and, and let's not forget, Louisville was giving them two touchdowns last year and lost the game at home to Houston. So, I mean, that game just has so many factors involved in trying to handicap. I think that's why you haven't seen the line move. It opened minus 14. It's still minus 14. The total opened 69. It's still 69. I mean, there hasn't been movement at all. And that's so rare for a TV game, especially a primetime game and a big top five college football ranked team. You know, so for me, I think that shows you that the the betting public isn't sure which way they're going to go. And the betting syndicates haven't taken a position at all because there are a lot of questions. We just came up with how many to try to answer to, to pick a winner. You know, against the spread. It's hard to beat 11 to win 10. You know, when you have to keep laying 11 to win 10, that's a hard enough game to win. But when you have to answer that many factors, questions to, to you know, try to determine whether Team A or Team B will cover the spread with that many points, um, it's, a, it's a difficult task. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the line move tomorrow. I'm interested to see which direction it goes. Whether and it, whether it's the public that moves it, or whether it's the betting syndicates that get involved on the home dog, or say, you know what, Louisville's got revenge. They need style points. They have the the personnel. This is has blowout written all over yeah. it. So I'll be interested to watch that line for sure. Yeah, we'll be too. All right, so we'll get you out of here on this. Um, good NFL slate this weekend. I don't know. Hopefully, you've had a chance to look it over. What's your What's your favorite line that you've seen this weekend in the NFL? Monday Night Football, Houston and Oakland. I mean, obviously, New England, San Francisco is interesting to me because laying two touchdowns on the road in the NFL, it's not supposed to happen. You know what I mean? No team's supposed to be that much better than another team because what that line reflects is that if it was being played in New England, New England would be about a three-touchdown favorite against San Francisco. You don't see that often, man, where we're – Team A in the NFL is 21-point favorite against Team B, even at home, um, unless there's, you know, significant, significant injuries. I mean, quarterback with, you know, multiple skill position players, maybe then. So it's a big line, that one. Uh, but more importantly, Monday Night Football, and here's why. Uh, Oakland and Houston being played in Mexico City. If you wanted to bet this game before the season started, Houston was a one-point favorite. Okay, Oakland's hasn't really surprised. The record is impressive, but let's not forget, coming into the season, everyone was high on Oakland. They got a lot of money on win totals over. The wise guys were betting them. The public was betting them. Everyone was saying they could win the West. They could, you know, beat Denver and win the West. So everyone expected them to be good. Um, But now, all of a sudden, they're a six-point favorite. And forget what they were before the season. A lot of things have changed. We're 10 weeks in. I get that. But if you wanted to bet Houston versus Oakland 
last Sunday, okay, before the Week 10 games, you could have walked into the Westgate in Las Vegas and said, I want to bet this Monday night game, and they had Oakland as a three-point favorite. Now, Oakland didn't play on set on Sunday. No, no. They didn't win or they didn't lose. So what happened between Sunday and Monday? to make Oakland three points better in that 24-hour period. Are there significant injuries we don't know about? I haven't heard anything. I haven't seen anything. The game isn't in a circle. Um, you know, to, to say that someone is, is that big to the betting line, no key injury like that anywhere. I mean, Jonathan Grimes has been, you know, downgraded to out. Is he worth three points to the betting line? You know what I mean? He's got 51 total yards this year. I don't think so. So is that perception? If it is, you're getting a ton of line value with Houston. Or is the betting market just not caught up to how good the Oakland Raiders are? And here they are trying to adjust. Because not only are they 7-2 and two straight on, they're 6-3 and three against the spread, 67% against the spread. So they've been outperforming the betting market week in and week out. That, to me, is, is what interested me the most. What made Oakland three points better between Sunday and Monday, even though they didn't play a football game, and Houston did what they were supposed to and beat Jacksonville, you know? Yep. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, again, that's Yanni the Greek. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Greek underscore gambler. Um, good stuff. Thank you so much for joining us, Yanni. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, really good information. And uh, hopefully we can have you back sometime. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Anytime. I love talking uh, sports and, and, more importantly, sports betting. That's the, that I do it for, you know, there's guys that know personnel, players, stats a, a million times better. But I understand the, the behind the counter, you know, the, the betting side of it, because that's the part I know. So I don't try to act smarter than I am by mentioning 50 players things, because that's not how I handicap games. So thank you for having me on, and uh, I'd love to come on anytime you want to talk sports Absolutely. betting. Well, thank you. All right, again, that was Yanni the Greek. You can find him on Twitter at the Greek or at Greek underscore gambler. Uh, good stuff. Check him out there. Let him know who sent you. Um, we appreciate him joining in. We, we'll do that again. That was fun. Um, but like I said, me and Boomer, we're here making some college football picks. Making some money. Making some money. Cupcake week. I was going to have us pick out some uh, some cupcake games from the SEC, but you can't even bet on those, most of them, because they're playing D2 teams, and that's how bad they are. They don't even give you the lines. So we'll start out tomorrow night. Louisville minus 14 going to Houston. Uh, first time Houston's catching points probably since that Oklahoma game week one. Boomer, where are you staying on this? Yeah, Houston's had some struggles too the past uh, past couple of weeks with some of these uh, cupcake schools. I mean, you know, you, you go back to, what was it, week week three, week two, after they beat a very solid Oklahoma team that's proven to be a great that's Oklahoma week one. team. Week one, yeah. Think about what that line would have been going into this game. They were talking about this being for a possible playoff spot. And, uh, you know, they, they still got Ward Jr. in the backfield. He still can put up points. I, I mean, 14 points is a lot. It, the line probably would have been around eight and a half, maybe seven, going back to the beginning of the year. So, Tom Herman, obviously, he's got a lot to prove. He's trying to make this line at the beginning of the year, I think it was actually Houston minus three. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> that much? Well, Regardless, I think Tom Herman, he hadn't lost his stuff, still offensive genius. Petrino, I mean, we'll see. You know, Louisville obviously has something to play for, but I think 14 is too much in a Thursday night game in Houston at the Dome. Okay. Um, Yeah, Yanni, he kind of hit on that a little bit earlier. Um, you got to factor in the – the Louisville being right outside the playoff, how much are they going to try to run up the score? But this is one of those that I don't know that they're capable of running up the score. Houston's pretty damn good. Um, <clears throat> they think five in a row they haven't covered, so you got to watch out for that. And they got to be hungry. 14, though, at home, it's a good team. They were catching 14 last year and went on the road and beat Louisville straight up. I know Lamar Jackson's a lot better, but I'm still not sold on his arm. I think Herman's a good enough coach. Houston's got a decent enough defense to where they can sell out to stop him running the ball. And Louisville's proved that they can struggle on any given Saturday. Right. I mean, if you make him beat you with your arm, I think tomorrow – or, yeah, tomorrow might be the first time we actually see that happen. So, 
I'm with you. I'm taking Houston here, plus to 14 at home Thursday night. Um, we we had another Thursday night game schedule. I mean, we'll still roll it if you want. I'm trying to give the home home state Troy Trojans some love. Um, I love the Thursday night game. Go ahead and fill that bank account before the Saturday. <clears throat> Absolutely. So Troy's at home. They're uh, eight point favorites against Arkansas State. Who you got in this one? I mean, so Arkansas State. I've got I've got some uh, some solid Sunbelt action because that's where I. Uh, I usually stay, reside during the week, making that money in the Sun Belt. Okay. But well, fun about action. The uh, Arkansas State, they, I mean, they've got a damn good defense, and this game is actually for the uh, division for the Sun Belt West, I believe. Troy, high-powered offense. They proved that last week against uh, App State. I, I think that it's going to be a little bit overwhelming for Arkansas State. Um the, Arkansas State, they, they're able to put up the points also. But, I mean, it being in Troy, they've, they've kind of been feeling the past uh, past couple of weeks against uh, South Alabama, UMass, and, and App State. So, I, I, I like uh, I like eating eight points here on, on Thursday with Troy. Yeah, I'm actually going to tell you there, too. Usually, eight points is a lot. Public's all over Troy, but I don't know how much public money is actually coming in on this. Uh, I've been I've been on Troy a lot this year, and I'm gonna continue to ride him tomorrow night. Ranked for the first time in program history in the AP. I don't think they made it into playoff rankings, but that's uh, that's something that's gonna get that fan base hype. I think you'll have a good turnout on Thursday night. Uh, They're also a good covering team. They are. They cover pretty well. Did it for me last week. Lock of the week. Um, I think they get it done tomorrow night. I like them a lot here. So uh, Troy might have said it's also my pick. Next up. Saturday, lot of uh, interesting games. I think is the best way to look at it. Uh, the first one we're going to take a look at: rescheduled game, moved game. Still can't believe that Florida gave up this home game. Florida going on the road, fourteen point dogs at LSU. Boomer, what's your take on this? Man, this is golly, this is so hard because the 14 points doesn't make sense for LSU. I get that they've been doing well and they were tough with Alabama and, and all that good stuff, but I mean, 14 points against possibly the winner of the SEC East, no matter how down the East is this year, Florida still has something relatively big to play for. LSU does not, except for Coach O. It's a one o'clock game. I get that it's in it's in Baton Rouge, but uh, I, I mean, I, I like Black Jack Del Rio's uh, sign to come in big. Oh, he's not starting. Oh, he's not. No, Applebee's playing again. Good. He was better anyway. Give me Florida plus fourteen. Yep, I'm taking Florida plus fourteen too. Three for three so far. Um, I don't like LSU in this spot. <clears throat> I think last week a lot of that was, hey. I'm tired of hearing this bullshit about how terrible we are the week after Alabama. Let's go out and show them. I mean, hell, Leonard Fournette, he was, you know, he didn't do that much in the Alabama game. He was pretty well rested. So was Geis. Um, he didn't play hardly at all. I think he had two carries against Alabama. But, you know, for some reason, Alabama's afraid of uh, LSU's running game. Anyways, that's a different story. Well, different Leonard game. Fournette's pretty much thrown, thrown it into neutral <laughs> to the yeah. As he should. He shouldn't play another down for LSU. I agree. I agree. But, um, Florida stops the run well. They do. I mean, if they're going to sell out to stop the run, they're they're a perfect team against LSU, in my opinion, that defense is. They're not going to score. Oh, they're, they're athletic as hell. I mean, their defense is good now. And I think – what's, what's the over-under in this game? Um, I don't have that pulled up right now. I, I would – 38 people, and a half. Yeah, yeah 38 and a half. That's uh, you might want to look at that under because here's what Florida is going to do, in my opinion. They're going to put eight nine in the box, and they've got the corners to play one on one against LSU, and LSU doesn't have the quarterback to beat them. Um, I mean, it'll be low scoring, defensive touchdown somewhere in here. I think defense. Uh, if you could find a prop bet, I don't know if you can, but this would be an interesting one to find. I bet the defenses outscore the offenses in this game. Defenses, special teams. Um, but I like Florida to keep it within the number anytime like that. Um, Plus 14 on the road. Probably not going to be a very entertaining game to watch, but I'm going to take Florida plus 14 in Death Valley, 1 o'clock kickoff. So next up is a uh, interesting game. 
something that we definitely would not have picked a few weeks ago, uh, start of the season. If you had told me this would be one of our scheduled games, I would have told you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah college football would have taken a turn for the worst. But uh, we got Wazoo, Washington State, four-and-a-half-point dogs on the road at Colorado, the Colorado covering machines. They only have, they've yet to cover once this year against UCLA a couple Thursday nights ago, but they're uh, four-and-a-half-point home favorites against Washington State. Boomer, you think they continue that cover train? Man, you know I love Wazoo. I have been on them all year. Mike Leach is going to be airing it out. Boulder, Colorado disappointed me multiple times this year. I, I, I think that Washington State has a chance to straight-up win this game. They've been – Completely under the radar all year, even though they've they've got that that ranking, and I mean just being up in up in uh, the nation's attic up there in Northwest uh, Pacific, I, I think not a lot of people know about it, and uh, they've heard they've heard of Colorado, and uh, I, I think there's a lot of value on Washington State in this game. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, I mean one cover or only failed to cover once. That's not sustainable. And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know that I was fading Colorado every chance I could because, like, that before they failed to cover a couple weeks ago and they finally didn't. Um, But I'm going to take Washington State. I think Leach has got that program, completely different program in the first two weeks. And I don't think there's going to be a look ahead with Leach. Um, I think Washington's going to be in a look ahead situation this week. They're definitely going to be looking forward to that Apple Cup next week, but I don't think you're going to see that with Washington State. I think they know they got business to attain or to uh, tend to at Colorado. I think they go in and get the outright win. I think. I agree. Right now, I mean, this year they they've been seven and three against the spread overall, and three and zero as an underdog against the spread. Yeah. I think the money lines definitely play. So I think we're both on Washington State here. So uh, next up, the the best, the most entertaining matchup of the weekend for me, I think it's going to be an interesting game. You've got Oklahoma, three-point road favorites at West Virginia. Take me home. Couch burning you. Boomer, West Virginia, Oklahoma, who you like? Oh, man, it's going to be a bunch of damn rednecks burning the furniture out front. I love West Virginia in this one. They, they ended up, uh, they fooled me last week. I thought Texas was going to be able to to get a win, but uh, went down to Austin and got got out of there with a win. And I know Oklahoma's kind of been a favorite of, of a lot of people the past several weeks. But if you go back and look at who they've, they've beaten, it's been nothing but the bottom of the barrel Big Ten teams, as usual. I think that uh, this being in Morgantown – West Virginia has the edge, another one that I like the money line play. See, I've been riding the Mountaineers a lot this season. Took them last week against Texas, which you probably should have won and I probably should have lost that game because, I mean, West Virginia kept trying to give them that game in the second half. They were just like, here, take it. And Texas said, no, we don't want it. Um, but I'm back in Oklahoma here. I, I think that West Virginia's defense is pretty good, but I don't think they've seen the – the dual attack like they're going to see this weekend. You know, you can kind of look back and see where they stopped Texas Tech and they've stopped some of these offenses, but I don't think they're going to – they haven't seen a balanced attack like they're about to see Saturday with uh, Oklahoma's running game and then Baker Mayfield airing it out, plus running a little bit on the ground too. Uh, D.D. Westbrook should be in the Heisman – or he should be in the Heisman race. This is me declaring that right now. That dude doesn't get an invite to New York. I don't know what's going on because he has been outstanding this year, um, especially this past six or seven weeks. But I think Oklahoma goes on the road and gets it done. I think that they know that they're in the driver's seat for this this Pac-12 or this uh, Big 12. I think Oklahoma or West Virginia is going to kind of start taking a look. Like, okay, if we win this game, then, then maybe we can sneak back in the playoff. And I think that's going to get to them a little bit because they've never been in that situation before. So I'm taking Oklahoma here. Yeah, I think I think that over is possibly also in play. It's at 66 right now. Uh, obviously, that's only going to go up. So if you can grab it fast, I'd grab it now. Uh, okay, something to look out for there. All right, so that's our scheduled college football games. Um, like I said, not the best weekend, but that's you know that's what we thought about last weekend, and look what happened. Hell of a weekend, entertaining. So now let's switch over to the NFL. 
Thursday night, we got the Saints plus three in the hook traveling to Carolina to take on the Panthers. I have absolutely no clue what to think about this game. Boomer, you got any good feels on it? Oh, I absolutely love the Saints. Usually I'm I'm a home Thursdays kind of guy, but uh, right now the Saints, high-powered offense, Carolina, they've been so damn up and down. I'm actually blown away the public's not all over uh the Saints more than they are. I mean, they're at a 58% clip right now. But the Saints, they've been they've been good at covering the past couple of weeks. I mean, rather than the, the speed bump last week in uh, San Francisco nope. or two weeks ago. Well, they lost. They didn't cover last week against Denver. Oh, yeah. They, that, <laughs> that was probably the most fluke bad beat of the year in the NFL. That was absolutely insane. No, they still wouldn't have covered, though. If they would have made the field goal, they wouldn't have covered. Yeah, they would have. No, they were three-point dogs because I had Denver. Oh, I, I had them in a different, I had a different line. But um, that, I, I, I love the Saints in this spot. With, with you getting the hook. Now, if it goes down to three, then I say lay off the game. But the three and a half, give me the Saints. Okay. Uh, flip a coin here. Give me the Panthers at home. Just got to fade you a little bit because we've been all over the book here. Um, I may change my pick on this tomorrow. This is one of those I haven't really looked into that much. Yeah, you should uh, you should change your pick after the Saints win. Maybe send that out around uh, midnight tomorrow night. Yeah, get one of those. Uh, that'd, that'd be nice. I'll just tweet them both out before the game and then delete whichever one doesn't hit before. Um, but no, I, I mean, I'll, I might change my mind. I don't think so. I'm going to take the Panthers here just because, honestly, I have no clue, and we've been telling each other too much throughout the show. So I'm going to take the uh, the Panthers with absolutely no logic. So if you uh, if you want to take <laughs> some logic here, listen to what Boomer has to say because I have no damn idea. Uh, next up. Sunday afternoon, good matchup. This will be fun to watch. You got uh, Philadelphia traveling to Seattle. Seattle off the huge win on Sunday night against the Patriots. Uh, Seattle seven point home favorites against the Eagles. Boomer, who you like here? Yeah, I mean, you know, six and a half right now. That's going to go to seven before oh, game time. It's already at seven. Yeah, so it'll probably end up staying at seven. May you might see seven and a half. I doubt it, but. I think the value here is on the Eagles. You just got to go back to the beginning of the year through halfway through the year, how many people were on the Eagles. I, I think that they've kind of – their value has gone down over the past several weeks. Seattle's has clearly gone up. People are considering them one of the best teams in the NFC. I think that they pulled a rabbit out of the hat last weekend on Sunday Night Football against uh, Tommy and the boys. But uh, – I, I, I can see this being a field goal game. I mean, don't forget the Seahawks barely beat the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams earlier in the season. Yep. Um, they actually lost that game. Oh, yeah, 10-9, right? Yeah. Powered offense. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think Russell Wilson's healed up a little bit since then. But, yeah, I think if this game happened last week, it would probably be like a four-and-a-half Seattle. And if you're getting that whole touchdown there, I, I, I like it. I like the Eagles. Um we both were on the Eagles last week and won when they beat the Falcons. Um, this will be an interesting game. Defenses will kind of cancel each other out. I think uh, Seattle's a little bit better on defense, but Philadelphia's come on strong. It's going to be interesting to see how Wentz handles this pressure on the road. I know that not They're much is going to Tough situations either. I mean, he's going to be throwing the ball five, maybe seven yards down the field. Yeah, I mean, they're, they'll, they'll be smart enough to keep them out of trouble. But, yeah, I like the Eagles here, too, to keep it within the number. Next up, Sunday Night Football, Packers plus two in the hook at Washington. Packers have been terrible. Nobody knows what's going on. I think Mike, Mike McCarthy's got to go. Um, his time's up. They just – I don't know what's going on there. But I do know that they're going to win Sunday night. So, Take the two and a half if you want, but find the money line and take that too. Uh, love the Packers here. Last year, same kind of spot in the playoffs. You know, Washington, people were high on them. This was a pick em. They uh They had the better record. They were at home in the playoffs, and Green Bay came in and just smashed them. Uh, I, don't think I don't know if they'll smash them this week, but this is what's going to happen. They're going to go in there Sunday night and get the win, Boomer. Yeah, I mean, I – the Packers, value-wise, the Packers could probably not bottom out any more than they have. Last week in Tennessee, I'm a Titans fan, but uh, 
the Titans are not that good of a football team, and they just absolutely dog whipped with their penises in more of a shaky manner, right across the nose oh, okay. of and Rogers, and uh, then then bent him over and showed him the fifty states, and I think that. They're kind of in a slump right now. They, they have the running back still. That's, that's pretty clear over their past couple of games. They haven't been able to figure that out. I think. No, man, they signed Christine Michael today. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a powerhouse. But I, I think I think Aaron Rodgers, he's, uh, he's got a pretty high pitch count this year so far. And, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm really liking the Redskins in this game. I, I mean, you know, you're getting a little bit of value with them at the, at the minus two and a half. And, I, I think Kirk Cousins has shown that he can he can do it, and I think they get the win. He hasn't shown he can do it against good teams. I still think the Packers are a good team. I don't care what happened. I know they they suck shit to bed last week, but I don't know. I think I think they'll get back on track a little bit on Sunday night. So I'm going to take the Packers money line. Uh, next up, Monday night football: Texans plus six against the Raiders in Mexico City. Kind of a strange setting. Boomer, who you like? Uh, I mean. I hate eating the points, especially on Monday night, because that's usually where all the uh, gambling addicts try to have one last Hail Mary and uh, win their money back that they lost, that they suck at gambling. Obviously, we only give out winners on this. Absolutely. I I, I love the Raiders. They, they're covering machines, love Derek Carr. I hate the Texans. I hate Brock Osweiler. It's in Mexico City, so you know it's going to be crazy. Probably going to be a, a high air quality down there. That should uh, that should help the players, help that high performance engines that are going to be on the field. So I'm going to eat the uh, I'm going to eat the six right here. I think the Raiders went by touchdown. I'm going to fade you there. Um, I like the Texans here. Uh, public's all over the Raiders, and if you paid attention earlier with uh, Yanni, he kind of hit on this. They. Uh, Three and a half was the line last week before this happened, and the Texans won and the Raiders didn't play. So if you would have walked to the window last Sunday and got it at three and a half, you could have gotten it at three and a half. Now it's six. I don't know why. Um, that kind of turned my that opened my eyes a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Texans here to keep within the number. I hate Brock Osweiler too, but I don't know. Hopefully they can come up with something Monday night. So I don't ever want to be counting on Brock Osweiler to win me money. No, I don't either, but I'm going to try it Monday night. There's the first time for everything. <laughs> yes, that's what uh, people say when they try heroin for the first time. Well, that Monday night watching Brock Osweiler win me some money is going to be like what watching heroin or what heroin feels like. I assume <laughs> it's going to be like watching somebody do heroin in a street gutter. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it's going to be the feeling of doing heroin. Okay. All right. So that's our schedule of games. Good weekend. Money making opportunities all over the board, and we're going to make them for you. But next up. It's the vault. Uh, five favorite games of the weekend. Solid winners coming into play here. Boomer, what you taking? <sighs> taking a bunch of winners. Going to get that uh, get that record back up and make that money up. And then some that I lost last week. Starting out, Louisiana Lafayette coming off a big win against Georgia Southern. Last Thursday, they... They're getting some rest, getting some extra rest against the Georgia team. It's probably a little bit beat up against uh, getting slammed against Auburn, although getting a win somehow, which was pretty ridiculous. Their offense, however, did not look very well, very good. I, I love losing a Lafayette plus the 23 points. You're getting 23 points. Ridiculous amount of points. Okay. Next, going down to Orlando, where the magic happens. It's going to be happening on the field. This Saturday for Central Florida, getting two against Tulsa. Tulsa's had a good run. They're a hell of a lot better football team they've had in the past. But I think uh, I think Central Florida. They're trying to get bowl eligible. I like them. I like them to straight up win the game. But I'm gonna go ahead and take the two also along with that. Next, Vanderbilt getting ten against a machine gun Chad Kelly offense without any bullets. Well, yeah, he's not there. Exactly. I, I love Vandy's defense. I think last week was a complete outlier against a terrible Texas A&M uh, offense for Ole Miss. They, they barely pulled that one out. This one being in Nashville, um, probably the SEC Network game of the day. Give me the Vandy and the 10. Then, staying in the SEC, 
Arkansas is getting a point and a half against yeah, Mississippi State. State. Yeah. No, no clue where that's coming from. I, I guess because uh, Mississippi State stayed uh, stayed so close to Alabama last week. But like I said, every time a team plays against Alabama that next week, they do not cover. They're going to be completely beat up. Arkansas is still a good football team, no matter what their record is this year. Still, completely have faith in them. So, give me Arkansas plus the one and a half, basically a money line. Take whatever you like. Then I always give out at least one NFL play because I don't want people to be twiddling their thumbs or holding their dicks on Sundays. Going with the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. At a pick'em. Yeah, I had at home. Against against the struggling Cardinals. Against the struggling Arizona Cardinals team. I think the Vikings are a team that nobody nobody thought at the beginning of the year would be good. Proved everyone wrong. Cover machine. Ended up being first in the NFL. Now they tapered off a little bit. Are they coming back down to ground zero where they started? Or is it just a lump or the a lull in the in the season? I'm thinking it's a lull. I think the value is definitely their home team pick. Okay, so uh, UL Lafayette plus 23 against Georgia. Central Florida plus 2 at home against Tulsa. We're going Vandy at home plus 10 against Ole Miss. Arkansas, you're taking plus 1.5 against Mississippi State. And then finally, you're going to take the Minnesota Vikings at home Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals in a straight-up pick em. Okay, we uh, we can live with that. That's good stuff. Um I've kind of been going back and forth on my fifth one right here. So uh, if I seem a little distracted, that's why I'm trying to lock in that final play. Um, but, you know, that's what we're here. We're here to give you the five, the final five, the vault. And I've got five good ones for you. Starting off Saturday morning, Michigan State plus 22 against Ohio State. Similar spot, Ohio State – or Michigan State versus Michigan um, – Michigan won, but only won by nine. Michigan State covered. They were 24-point dogs. Last year, they beat Ohio State straight up. I think Ohio State was a lot better last year. Or not a lot better. They were better last year. Obviously, Michigan State was a hell of a lot better last year. But you still have to factor in the fact that, you know, this team beat them last year. So, I don't. are they 22 points worse this year? I don't know. We'll find out on Saturday. But I really like Michigan State here um, to keep it within the number. Next up, I'll shift over to the NFL. We're going to take the Baltimore Ravens plus seven. I am fading the Cowboys again. That's a good pick. I like the Cowboys. I really do. I love what they're doing. They're fun as hell to watch, and you know I'm interested to see what this team does. I'm almost kind of rooting for them. I like Dak. Um, it, it's cool to see what he's doing in the NFL, but they've got to taper off at some point, and. It's like I've said, it's, I've been saying for a few weeks, and it hasn't come to fruition with the whole Tony Romo thing, but this is the week he's officially going to be in pads over there on the sidelines. And I don't care how poised Dak Prescott is. I said the same damn thing last week, but he didn't end up suiting up. All indications are he's suiting up this week. And if you keep looking over and seeing that number nine over there, every time you make a bad pass, it's going to get in your head. I don't care who the hell you are. It's going to get in your head every throw you make. So I'm taking the Ravens plus seven to keep it within the number. Next up, let's go ECU Pirates plus eight at home against Navy. Won some money with Navy last week, uh, but you know they're uh, they've 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 done pretty well this year. They've outseeded expectations. So I'm gonna take ECU plus eight at home to keep it within the number. Uh, next up, we're uh, we're gonna shift some gears a little bit. This is might sound a little crazy. But I'm going to take the Penn State Rutgers game. We're going to take over gross over fifty seven and a half, which might sound crazy. But Rutgers defense is awful. Penn State's going to let up in the second half, and uh, Rutgers is going to score some points. A little bonus for you right now: as soon as this line opens up on Monday. Call your bookie and take Michigan State money line next week against Penn State. Penn State will not be able to handle the pressure of knowing if they win because I think Ohio State's going to take care of Michigan. 
and they're not going to be able to take the pressure of knowing if they win, they're in the Big Ten Championship. We'll get to that next week, but I do like that. Something to look forward to. Man, that, you would be better off watching a bunch of mental institute. Oh, I'm not going to watch the game, dog. Rice Hospital throw their own shit at each other and play with it against the walls than to watch that Rutgers game. I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to make money off of it. Public's all over the under, too, like 95%. So take the over 57.5. And finally, we're going to go back to the SEC. Tennessee, oh, congratulations. You put up 49 against Kentucky. Somehow, someway, Kentucky covered that game. Did you watch any of it? No, I didn't. I was uh, too busy leaving my life. Yeah, I had it on. Um, you know, I had Kentucky plus 14 and cut it off when Tennessee went up. And was looking at the bottom line like an hour later at some scores, and I saw that one pop up, and I saw 49-36. I was like, no way in hell. That can't be wrong because it was like a 27-point game in the fourth quarter. And lo and behold, they somehow covered. Still don't know how, but I appreciate it, Mark Stoops. Um, but I like Missouri this week to cover plus 15 against Tennessee. Uh, Missouri got a little confidence back last week after uh, beating Vanderbilt. At home, still not a very good football team, but I don't think Tennessee's very good either. And I think they'll get the win, but I, I don't think they cover. I don't think they win by two scores. I think they maybe win by 10, plus the public's all over the Tennessee Volunteers. So I'm going to take Missouri. So here's my vault. Missouri plus 15. Penn State Rutgers over 57.5. We're taking the Baltimore Ravens plus 7. We're taking ECU plus 8 against Navy. And Michigan State plus 22. That's my vault. You've heard Boomer's vault. Let's get to it. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week. Let's go. Woo-hoo! Woo! All right. If I don't get you fired up, then ain't nothing in this world that can get you fired up. Stone Cold, Steve Austin, lock of the week is back. Boomer, who is it? Oh, I'll tell you something that gets old uh, Stone Cold's giblets a little bit hard downstairs. Is going with a team that has a 1.8% chance of winning. Whoa. All right, 1.8% chance of winning. I like my odds there. I'm going all the way to the border with this pick. With the Roadrunners of the University of Texas at San Antonio. Dude, are you kidding me? Grabbing 28 points. Against the mighty Texas A&M, I mean, come on! They they lost to a very terrible Ole Miss team. This is a noon kickoff. Tell me that no, those players are going to want to be there on that field. No, they're not. Stadiums, stadiums, not going to have anybody there. I mean, maybe maybe some of those uh, male cheerleaders will be on the sidelines, but that's going to be about it. They're going to be wanting to get in there. Get pretty much get to the showers to be with each other before that game even starts. So I, I love this game being within uh, being within twenty eight. Maybe even take an alternate line if you've got a degenerate bookie that's willing to take any bet you want and get it down some. Well, I guess the old saying "Great minds think alike" is uh, ringing true here because that's exactly wow. exactly who my Stone Cold Steve Austin like of the week is as well. Wow. <laughs> This is, I think this is the first of the Deep Fried Bets podcast. Same Stone Cold Steve Austin lock. I mean, it's just too fucking easy to pass up. Or it's too hard to pass up. I saw this and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Texas a was reeling three losses in a row. Um, two bad losses in a row. Ole Miss and Mississippi State inexcusable for a team that was in the top four two weeks ago. And uh, they're, you know that they're Kaplan, lost, lost Trevor Knight. I mean, I, I might be missing something, drunk. but there is some free money to be had. I'm with game. you. I mean, this might be my biggest play of the season. Um, if you want to get a little crazy right now, uh, the money line's currently at plus 1,400. I don't know if I'm going to get that crazy. Hey, I'm just saying, I'm not giving it out, or am I? I'm just saying, you want to try to make some real money, maybe put a down payment on a, on a house maybe. right there. Okay, well, no, I mean, it's just, I don't think Garrett's 100%. I don't know that he even plays in this game. They got a Thursday night game, too. You got to think about that. Like, they've only got four days to get prepared for LSU, so that's something you got to think about. We're looking past this game. Every All signs point to a cover for the Roadrunners. Yep, and 11 o'clock. This is easy pickings, in my opinion, but 
you know, we'll see how that turns out. I'll have to go back to square one if the Roadrunners do not cover this game. It goes against every single principle that I have in gambling that says to bet on Texas A&M. I mean, they almost beat Arizona State in a similar spot earlier in the year. Um, it was a Friday night game. I had the Roadrunners. They almost pulled out the win. They're like, hey, hey, they're covering machines. They're 5-2 yeah. right now against the spread as underdogs. Yeah, so let's take them. San Antonio, Texas, San Antonio, the Roadrunners, Saturday at noon. Love it. Stone Cold Steve Austin, dual lock of the week. That is, uh, that's when you know it's good stuff, folks. <laughs> well, uh, we appreciate you tuning in. As always, this has been the Deep Fried Bets Podcast, Chapter 2.12. Uh, 2.11, 2.12, somewhere in there. Uh, I think it's 11. Yeah, it's 11. Um, shout out to Yanni the Greek for joining us again. Uh, that was good stuff. Check him out, Greek underscore gambler on Twitter. Check us out on Twitter at Deep Fried Bets. Check us out on Instagram at Deep Fried Bets on Facebook.com slash Deep Fried Bets. We're all over the place. Hell, we even got an email address, Deep Fried Bets at gmail.com if you want to shoot us out something. Um, we're all over the place. We're giving you free winners. Hope you take advantage. Uh, We appreciate you tuning in. Tell your friends, and we'll catch you next week. Stay wealthy, my friends.